Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you on a Friday. I am Boyd Matheson, and you know we've we've often talked about this idea, uh, the old adage that of all sad word word of tongue and pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. You often hear talk of regrets, and on one hand, you hear a lot of people talk about live with no regrets, go big, go all out, no regrets. Uh, others uh, say, well, that might be. That might be a nice little uh, catchphrase, but there may actually be some things we miss uh, if we don't really look at regret and if we don't look at it in the proper way and gain the right lesson. Uh, and so it's it's really interesting. It's, uh, like I said, uh, no regrets. Uh, we've heard that over the years. Uh, you can go all the way back to uh, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, uh, Christian conservative, uh, mentor of a lot of Republican presidents. He urged his followers to even drop the word regret from their vocabulary. Uh, this all comes from a uh, recently published Wall Street Journal piece that actually just came out today called No Regrets, uh, It's No Way to Live by Daniel Pink. It's uh, also the title of a, a forthcoming book by Daniel Pink, The Power of Regret, How Looking Back Moves Us Forward. Uh, and so he, he looked at some of the things that we've adopted in our society, including things like uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Uh, Of course, a Jewish liberal appointee of Democratic presidents. Uh, She said, waste no time on regret. Uh, She canceled in her own book, uh, My Own Words. uh, Talk about uh, jazz legend Ella Fitzgerald, of course, recorded a song called No Regrets way back in 1968. So we have this steady stream of, hey, no regrets. Let's just uh, move it all forward. And while that sounds good, I I think we, we need to do less about removing it. Uh, we don't need to do a, a cancel culture on regret. I don't think a canceling regret is the, the right thing to do. Uh, I think there are opportunities to reframe it, and it is one of the things that Daniel Pink does very well in this article and in his upcoming book, and, and that is to to recognize that there are lessons uh, in things. So, so if you look at things that you regret, looking back, you could say, oh, you know, I regret I didn't spend more time with my family, or I regret that I didn't make the effort to be at that wedding, or I regret not uh, saving for retirement early, or I regret, you know, not paying the price and uh, dropping that extra weight, and now I'm, you know, dealing with heart issues or other ailments. And so, yes, you can have regrets on things that you woulda, coulda, shoulda done, uh, but woulda, coulda, shoulda is uh, no way to move forward. And so how do you do that? To me, that's an interesting contrary uh, in being able to live without regret, uh, but also to use the power of regret to get the right perspective so you can move forward better. That's the test. So 
in many ways, regret hurts. Of course, it looks it hurts to look back and say, yeah, I, I really I really botched that, uh, which is why a lot of us just try to say, yeah, no, we're not going to we're not going to process that. Uh, and that makes it harder for us. I think we have to be really honest about it. And one of the things that I really appreciated about uh, this article by Daniel Pink in the Wall Street Journal is that he got down into the nitty gritty of it, that uh, one, having no regret is is not really good psychologically. Uh, it's associated with all kinds of bad behavior uh, if you're just skating along and, and nothing matters. And so he looked at it from a little different perspective. Uh, he talked about it in a way to make our regrets work for us and to do it systematically, uh, not dodging the negative feelings, uh, nor uh, spending all your time down that rabbit hole just ruminating on them. And so he shared a couple of strategies, and I want to share those with you today on a Friday. These are, this is some good noodling fodder for your weekend. So the, the first thing that uh, he suggests is to reframe your regret. So here's the example. Uh, it can be really tempting to either soothe the wound of regret with self-esteem. So that would be the idea of just covering it over, even though you made a big mistake or something of regret, and you just talk about, you know, I'm still number one, I'm still awesome anyway. So you kind of just skate on past it. Uh, That's not especially helpful. Nor is the other side of that coin, to bash yourself over the head with it in self-criticism that, oh man, you worthless idiot, how could you be so stupid? Uh, And we beat ourselves up. That's not helpful either. And so the better approach is self-compassion. Now, self-compassion sounds uh, a little little airy, uh, but there's some substance to it in terms of what it actually means. And I think having that self-compassion, you can not just gloss over it, you're awesome anyway, uh, nor do you have to beat yourself up with it, you worthless idiot, you knucklehead. Uh, You can find something in between that gives you a better perspective. So self-compassion is is really something that we have to work toward in terms of what are the lessons? What are the things to to gain from this thing that I'm regretting at the moment? And then more importantly, what do I do with it moving forward? Because here's here's one of the things you have to recognize is that if you're going to just sit with it forever, if you're going to stew in it, if you're just going to sit in it and stay there, you got to recreate those negative emotions, those negative memories every day. It's just like being bitter or holding a grudge. If you're really going to hold a grudge or be bitter towards someone else, you have to recreate all those negative emotions every day or it naturally goes because that's human nature. And so you have to do the same thing with your regrets. Uh, Don't just sit in them. Don't don't recreate all the negatives around whatever you regret. Uh, You got to move forward. Uh, He actually offered a really great strategy, and that is uh, looking at it this way. He said, don't plunge into your regret like a scuba diver, but zoom out. Look at it like an oceanographer. So so pull out a little bit. Sometimes we get so narrowly focused, so deep dive down the rabbit hole uh, that we often lose proper perspective. Another thing that uh, he talked about was to disclose your experience. Uh, And again, Daniel Pink, uh, in this uh, great piece from the Wall Street Journal, he talked about the importance of writing it down. Uh, If you have a regret, write it down or share it with someone so you can go through and actually process it. Sometimes we just go over things in our head over and over and over again, thinking we're really thinking about it. 
Uh, I'm I'm telling you, if you really want to know what you think about something or what you really feel about something, write it down. Because until you write it down, you don't really know what you think or what you feel or what you believe or what you think comes next. And that is a discipline that is being lost in the world today, is our ability to have the discipline to take the time to sit down with pen and paper and write it out. And the interesting things in terms of the the research that Daniel Pink referenced is that by doing that, it releases the negative portions of the experience and creates space for the positive lessons and the forward-moving action to emerge, which is exactly what we want. Regrets aren't about chaining yourself to the past, to a past failure, to a past mistake of any kind. And when we use language, whether that's spoken or especially written, it forces us to organize and integrate our thoughts. So describing a regret to somebody else takes it from this abstract, you know, stomach-churning thing into something more concrete, uh, something that's less scary and less formidable. It gives you a, a, a path to, to actually move f- forward on. And then the, the last thing that he shared in this piece in the Wall Street Journal is to extract the lesson. So once you've gone through the process of really sharing, disclosing, writing out uh, your regret, then the best strategy, uh, as I said before, is not to dive into it like a scuba diver, but zoom out, oceanographer, practice self-distancing. Daniel Pink said specifically, you may notice that you're often better at solving other people's problems than you are your own because you're less enmeshed in others' details than you are in your own. And so getting that picture pulling back uh, zoom out is the way I like to frame it. Just zoom out uh, and you'll get a little more perspective and that will position you to actually understand what are the lessons from this mistake in my life or this regret that I have for doing this or not doing that. And so there's some simple things to think about and ruminate on a little bit, noodle on as you uh, head into this weekend on a Friday. Uh, I think regret often often turns into something we either just gloss over Uh, or something we beat ourselves up with, and neither of those help us move forward in any way, shape, or form. So it's all about looking back in order to actually look forward and move forward. Bottom of the hour news coming up. Much more to come on Inside Sources. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.